Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Probably the worst thing to say in Marin County, a county filled with perfectionists. But what Jesus is pointing to is back to the teaching in Leviticus about being holy as God is holy. Another way of thinking about the word he uses for perfect here is wholeness, completion. Be complete as God is complete. But what is he talking about? We're still into tough luck Jesus land here. Last week we had a whole series of these teachings that were hard to disentangle, and this week we get more. Jesus opens with the Mosaic Law. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, which frequently we hear as a permission for vengeance, but in fact, in ancient times, it was a restriction on blood feuding. Jesus wants to take it one step further and says you are not even to hit back against your enemies when they strike you. This passage has been interpreted many different ways. One interpretation that I really like is that in some societies, you strike with one hand and you bless with the other. So when you strike a person on the cheek and they turn you the other cheek, you are forced to bless them. You can't strike them. That's one interpretation. We also have this strange thing about if you are compelled to walk one mile, go two. That's a very clear reference to what was going on in Jesus' context when Roman soldiers would come by and compel one of the peasants to carry their armor maybe to the next town or the next village. Think about it for a moment. You're compelled to carry the armor a mile up the road to the next village. Think of the soldier. I've got to get there. You're carrying my armor for me. Only this peasant, instead of carrying it one mile up the road to the next village, carries it two miles up to the road to the next village down. Where does that leave you? There's a subversive element to Jesus' teaching as well in this passage. Subtle but important. Sociologists talk about the context in which Jesus is teaching as an agonistic society. Agonistic societies still exist in the world today, particularly in the Middle East. They are societies that are built on honor and it is understood in that worldview that honor is in a limited supply. So that means every neighbor, every person standing on a street corner is a potential enemy who might do something to take away your honor or the honor of your family. More than that, it is contingent upon you to reclaim that honor if it is taken from you. Hence, it is a world where feuds are common and arise easily. Jesus is saying, check out of the feuding culture. Let's take a step back. I am here to offer you something new.
few of you have been here long enough to remember back in the 1960s when Murray Hammond, the rector of Church of Our Savior, went to join the March on Selma. Do you remember that? What happened? He was in big trouble. Families left the parish over that act. The Episcopal Church for many, many, many years in this country was a bastion of the status quo, a keeper of the order of the land. And when the practice of civil disobedience came along in the 1960s and the Episcopal Church got involved, people got upset in a big way. A little bit later on, we added that last piece to our baptismal covenant. You know the one I mean. About promoting justice and peace among all people and honoring the dignity of every human being. We've been in trouble ever since. Have you noticed? It's true. We've been getting into trouble ever since. Jesus is inviting us to step into a community that is alternative to the community of the world. We don't live in an agonistic society anymore. We live in a democratic society where there are huge values placed on individual rights. And rather than gathering honor, we gather wealth and success. But the teaching still holds true. That society is not overtly Christian. It's not the one we are to claim for our common life together as a Christian community. Rather, the one we are called to claim is not built on honor or wealth, but on love. The law of love that Jesus calls us to where we put down the rules of the old order, the rules of power and domination and vengeance, put on the cloak of love. Foolishness, Paul says to the church in Corinth, to the rest of the world. But wise in the context of Christian community. To illustrate what I mean, some of you were here on Friday at Graham McDonald's memorial service. Graham was a guy who loved people. And this place was fuller than I have ever seen. It was packed to overflowing. There were over 300 people here. That's what I mean, and I think that's what Jesus means when he talks about constructing a new community built on a new principle that is not to be found in history and is never held by those who have the power now. It is rather held in God's hands. And we are invited to participate in that. It means a complete turning of the way we interact with the world and with one another. It's dangerous. 
we're in trouble. Christian communities are in trouble, but we're not alone. Christian communities that have been truly Christian have always been dangerous, subversive, vulnerable. Always changing, it seems, because you cannot capture us, whether you are the Roman Empire or Manifest Destiny or the American Dream. We are something else altogether by God in Christ. A God who we might ask, how much do you love us? Jesus says, this much, and accepts the cross. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.